-hmm. I don't like like a rigid ideology on diet at all. Really, um, the people who say you're this isn't carnivore, that's not carnivore. I just view it as more of a spectrum. Um, so there's people who eat Quest bars and drink Diet Coke every day, and they still experience success and good results on a keto diet. And then there's a carnivore approach. Uh, you're Sean Baker who eats only ribeyes every single day. <laughs> Technically, in terms of how they're fueling themselves, those are both ketogenic diets, but they're very, very different. And then there's a lot of room in between those as well. And you just kind of have to find the spot that fits you the best where you're still hitting your goals and getting results, but you don't feel like you're depriving yourself or you're lacking or what's up guys and welcome to another episode of kcl's keto corner podcast on today's episode i speak with ben phelps also known as primal bro on instagram uh, we dive into his weight loss history, um, how he took more of a paleo slash ancestral approach, and then kind of transitioned into the keto carnivore space. So um, we talk all things family. He's got beautiful uh, family of three kids and a gorgeous wife who has her own weight loss journey, um, and just kind of how you balance that and focus on your goals as well. Um, he does jujitsu, which is super cool. Um, totally different level of fitness, I feel like. Um, and then we also kind of discuss, you know, body dysmorphia and the loose skin that you experience from excess weight loss. So um, I really enjoyed this episode. Ben is a really down to earth guy. And if you don't follow on Instagram, make sure you do. I hope you enjoy the episode. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out to record with me today. I know that we've had a couple uh, appointments scheduled, but uh, we finally have been able to lock down a time to, to get this podcast on. So I appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks for having me. I just, uh, you know, we made it work. That's what matters in the end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so for those listening and who don't know you, um, if you will kind of give everyone a uh, backstory on you and your uh, your keto journey and all that jazz, that would be awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I um, I was overweight like my whole life. Uh, it's a pretty stereotypical cliche story, um, really, uh, the exception of I didn't deal with a lot of bullying, but I was overweight my whole life. Uh, I had kids young and I took jobs and I just made a lot of early unhealthy life choices. Um, and then about four years ago, I was about 333 pounds. That was the biggest number that I ever saw um, on the scale. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of things kind of happened in my life that just hit, gave me that moment that anybody who has embarked on any sort of weight loss journey, you've experienced that moment where it, it switches and your focus changes from just living and doing life, going through the motions to actually putting intent into being healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And the first thing that I started with was a paleo diet. Um, shortly after that, I read Mark Sisson's Primal Blueprint. Uh, so that got me pretty heavy into um, ancestral-based nutrition and health. Uh, and that's kind of where, so I'm Primal Bro on Instagram and, and YouTube and pretty much wherever else uh, you can find people and you have a profile. 
Um, I'm Primal Bro, and that's because when I started this whole brand or or online persona, so to speak, it was it was in that time in my life. Um, I fell off of my diet and everything completely when I had a rough patch. Uh, mm-hmm. I gained back a lot of weight, and then once I kind of decided to recommit or commit for the second time, um, that time when I came back to the same paleo and primal resources I'd been looking at before, uh, I discovered keto was gaining a lot of popularity. That was about three years ago, maybe two and a half years ago at this point. Um, so I started keto because it was a logical, natural offshoot from primal and then, mm-hmm. uh, basically never stopped. That's awesome. So, um, what sparked your interest in the like primal, I guess, like way of eating? I mean, was it just the simplicity, like going back to kind of like, you know, I mean, I, I personally find it super interesting that, you know, back in the day when we had that way of eating and, you know, you didn't have all the added crap and uh, and man-made stuff. I mean, there is obviously a lot less disease and things like that. So is that kind of what led you to that way of eating? Yeah, it was it was the first thing I had ever seen. I shouldn't say that makes sense, but that's that really is. It made logical sense to me that when we didn't have all these resources and and studies and supplements and like you said, all the artificial things, what did we eat when we just existed and could barely mm-hmm. survive, right? And and that kind of the paleo diet really made sense. And then when you talked about um, a ketogenic diet and how that relates to that ancestral diet. Um, it made even more sense. And then every, everything just kind of kept lining up in a way that made sense and really struck a chord with me internally. So it made it very easy to follow because it just felt right. Right. Yeah. And your, your body obviously responded well, um, to it. Um, just kind of looking through your Instagram and stuff. Um, so you lost a total of how, how much weight? So I've lost, from start to finish, um, so my heaviest was 333, and I lost 155 pounds. I got down to 178. Uh, that was the lowest I had ever done, but I, on my paleo and primal run, I got down to 209. Um, and then I hit that rough patch I talked about, and mm-hmm. I gained I gained like 65, 70 pounds back. Um, and that was hard to deal with, but then like I said, when I recommitted, I found keto Mm-hmm. Uh, and went from keto, I went from, I think it was 270, 275, um, down to that 178. So from heaviest to lowest, it was 155, but there was a lot of ups and downs and different mm-hmm. protocols in between those numbers. Yeah. And so right now your goal, what is, what is kind of like what your goal is? Are you still trying to lose weight or are you, I know you're super active in, um, jujitsu and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to get your, um, your story when it comes to like what kind of exercising you do and stuff, but what's your goal right now? Um, so I have not really had a weight goal, um, and I guess in a, in a really long time, pretty much since I started jujitsu, that became the focus and the diet was a way to, to fuel the training. Um, and then the other workouts that I do are ways to kind of supplement this primary focus, which was jujitsu. So I haven't really, I monitor my weight because it's, it's an important number and mm-hmm. it's good to, sh- it's good to share, um, with others to show that like, look, I'm maintaining this range or look, I went up because this happened or XYZ. Um, so but right now I h- bounce between like 190, 196, just depending on the week. 
Um, but I'm probably the leanest I've ever been in my life now uh, due to training. And I follow a mostly carnivore approach, which keeps my carbs super low. And, and mm -hmm. I attribute between the two of those, that's probably where that leanness is coming from. Um, but yeah, I haven't really focused on a weight goal in a long time. It's it's very performance based for me at this yeah. point. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like when you when you get to that point, you know, you hit your lowest weight. Um, I mean, I hit my lowest weight last March. Um, and, you know, you hit that and then you're kind of like, okay, now I have to set a new goal because it's like you, you, you don't ever think that you're going to hit that goal weight per se. And then when you do, you're like, well, what do I do from now? Like, what do I, where do I go? And, um, so for me that looked like, you know, I enjoy bodybuilding and building muscle and things like that. So it, it looked like kind of reversing and, uh, and putting on muscle and, um, gaining weight, which can be kind of scary when yeah, you want me to gain <laughs> weight on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like your, your goal has always been to lose weight. And so to gain weight, um, and, to also have people understand that like gaining weight is the goal is kind of, you know, they're like, wait, what? You don't just want to maintain what you've, you've lost. Um, the scale is, so that's, you know, everybody says like the scale is your friend, but you have to be careful. And right. that's part of the reason I like to give that advice, especially at the beginning is because you'll get so fixated on this one metric of a scale mm -hmm. that once you hit a certain point, you're either going to have to do something dangerous to drop more weight or or you won't be able to feel fulfilled anymore so when you take measurements of if you're doing bodybuilding you can obviously track your weights how strong you're getting if your lifts are increasing mm -hmm. um, so look for if you have to monitor and think of success in many ways that way once the weight you kind of hit the end road there then you have other things that you can focus on and put that attention towards um, and use that healthy habit and lifestyle that you developed for that now yeah I mean, and I think that's the hardest part to convey to people when they're just concerned about that, that number on the scale. And, uh, it truly takes like a mental shift to, um, to realize that, you know, you're, you're not going to be that goal weight forever. Um, no matter like what you do, I, I mean, and personally, I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of maintenance, uh, anything. I mean, I feel like as humans, we're intended to grow, um, constantly. And so it's like, you know, even with your weight or your mindset or whatever, like growth is something that, that is, you know, you have to experience and go through to change. And so, you know, as getting people to change their minds on, on the whole weight thing is, uh, is difficult, but, um, it's definitely possible. So as far as, um, your approach, so you, you mentioned that you do more carnivore based, which, um, I kind of, so I don't know if you paid attention that I tried carnivore at one point. <laughs> no, I saw um, that. Yeah. And it was a fail. It was a total fail. Um, but, I think it was just because I was, I, I don't want to say I was doing it wrong, but, um, I'm someone who usually follows like an 80%, like 78, 80% fat ratio, which is insane to some people, but, right. um, I automatically like dropped my pro or dropped my fat lower and up to my protein and my body did not respond well. So, um, 
for you, like, do you follow a typical ratio? Are you a tracker? Like, how does carnivore look for you on most days? Um, so my average, I don't track a lot or regularly, um, but I do like to track periodically just to kind of make sure everything's in check and where I want it. Um, cause you go through tracking so much as again, I'm, I'm sure you know that you, you track for so long mm-hmm. that you don't even necessarily need the tracker anymore to know what to eat and what you're lacking and where things are at. Yeah. Uh, so now I average usually in the low seventies, about a 70 to 73% uh, for my fat, mm-hmm. uh, most of the rest of that is protein, just based on the nature of a carnivore diet. Um, I do use some supplements for jujitsu. I use Zip Fizz, um, and then obviously eggs and things like beef liver that I'll have occasionally will have carbs, but rarely ever do I hit three percent carbs for a day. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mentioned my failure with carnivore, but what's crazy is the past. Uh, four or five weeks, I've actually been somewhat carnivorous. Uh, My total carbs have been under 10 grams. I haven't, aside from one little um, mishap where I gave in and ate a mixed green salad, but like I'm at five grams of total carbs uh, for what I'm doing right now. And um, I, I guess it's just the way that we've kind of changed up my ratios slowly. My body's responding really, really well to just basically like meat and, uh, animal products. Um, and I'm finding that I, I have more energy and, uh, am functioning fairly well. So I think it, it all is just in how you approach, uh, a certain way of like it, it how you do it. If you kind of like change things drastically, kind of like people who go from the standard American diet to keto, um, they change their diet drastically. They cut out all these carbs and obviously the good side effect is they drop a ton of weight. Um, you know, but like if you change something super drastic, it can either be super positive or super negative. And I think that was my bad move was I changed things drastically, didn't give my body time to adjust. So, um, but I'm finding I, I, I'm kind of liking the carnivore way. I do like veggies though. Are you, do you miss vegetables at all? Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I miss them, uh, in a sense of, Oh, this would, you know, I have, if I have bacon, it, I used to really genuinely enjoy bacon and Brussels sprouts. So it's more of a just uh, I'd like a taste or a variety thing, but ultimately, mm-hmm. once the steak's halfway gone, I don't I don't miss yeah. them at all. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, but I, like that being said, on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, I kept it keto um, at all of the family dinners and events and gatherings and things like that. But I I allowed myself green beans. I'm not overly rigid about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like like a rigid ideology on diet at all. Mm-hmm. Really, um, the people who say you're this isn't carnivore that's not carnivore i just view it as more of a spectrum um so there's people who eat quest bars and drink diet coke every day and they still experience success and good results on a keto diet and then there's a carnivore approach uh, you're sean baker who eats only ribeyes every single day (laughs) technically in terms of how they're fueling themselves those are both ketogenic diets but they're very very different and then there's a lot of room in between those as well and you just kind of have to find the spot that fits you the best where you're still hitting your goals and getting results, but you don't feel like you're depriving yourself or you're lacking or, you know, just find your happy place. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you know, like, I'll be the first to say I'm I'm not okay with, like, keeping the crutches around. I think eventually, like, like I was saying earlier, you know, we're all, we all need to grow and evolve and change. Um, but so, you know, like, for me, early on, keto was all about, like, finding the crutch that I could replace. So instead of regular donuts, I was eating keto donuts or, you know, <laughs> just finding like, you know, the fathead bagels or, uh, or whatever, just to kind of satisfy that, that need for a bread substitute. But I think, you know, the longer that we do this way of eating, um, that we all can evolve and feel our body a little bit different. And it, I mean, it is, it's kind of like a person to person basis. I mean, you know, if it, if it's working for you, then obviously, um, you know, it's okay. But I think at some point your body starts to prefer more whole foods and, um, you know, I know I started responding negatively to like certain sweeteners and things like that. And I think it's just an over the time um, thing. But I do agree that when you place like a rigid like view or like name on something, I think it becomes a little bit harder to adhere to or for someone to stick to. Yeah. If there's no flexibility, it it takes a lot of the ease of following it out and then you mm -hmm. stress and then once you stress you cause other problems and the, the stress leads to eating the, making the wrong decisions making poor choices and and then boom you're you're in a worse place than if you had just again let yourself have that salad it's kind of crazy that you said earlier you caved in and had a salad that shows <laughs> yeah. you the like perspective is everything you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah no and I I beat myself up about it I was like oh I can't have veggies I can't have this and I was like Mm, but I can fit that that mixed green salad in my 10 grams of carbs. Why don't I do it? You know, and it it's just it's developing the right mindset, like not telling myself I can't have this. I can't have that. It's just like choosing like do I is this going to fuel me properly? Like and so I guess because I had been eating just you know, animal products and, and meat products and stuff like that, um, for three or four ish weeks. Oh my, my digestive system did not like that salad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's see, that's the, the roughest thing is that when you do fall back, cause I've, I've had weeks and, and stretches where it was basically just red meat and water, uh, like a real strict carnivore protocol. And, um, and then when you kind of go anywhere back from that, when you have one salad or one stock of broccoli and it's like, whoa, what did I eat? Mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Your body kind of goes into shock and it's like, I was not used to this. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is different. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I, I agree 100%. So, um, I was going to ask you now. Did you, so did you say you've been like overweight most of your life or was there a certain reason why you gained a ton of weight or was it, I mean, give a little bit of history about how you gained your weight. I mean, everyone has their own story. Oh yeah. I, so growing up, I was with my grandparents a lot because my parents both worked in intense schedules mm -hmm. and um, my grandma, not only did she have a hard time telling me no, she also had very old school views on what's good for you to eat, what's bad for you to eat. So it was oatmeal and noodles and, and all sorts of stuff. And again, she wouldn't tell me no. So I would just keep eating it. 
And the problem, as we know now, or as I know now, as you've experienced with the carbohydrates and eating things like that, is that you're not telling yourself no at the right time because you're fooling yourself. Your body's just doing the wrong things. It doesn't know how to process it right. So I just, I developed a, a, a habit for eating a lot at an early age. Uh, I still do. Actually, if you follow me on Instagram, you see the mm-hmm. size, the size of some of my meals. And it's because I like to, I like to sit down and, and eat a lot of food. And, and I always have, uh, the biggest thing that's different now again is the, the food choice. But so that kind of set a foundation of being an overweight child. And then I, I was overweight and, and very heavy as a teenager. Um, I had my son, my oldest kid at, uh, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I had got like a big boy job and I did all the things that, that you're supposed to do and everything except nutrition. So I just kept making poor choices with food. And, and a lot of times I find myself stress eating and, and it, it really just is a gradual progression that's, that got worse and worse and worse until mm-hmm. I hit that point where it was like, whoa, um, one, ta- one day I saw myself, um, on TV, I did a little interview for like public access cable, uh, for the, this job that I had. Um, I worked at a nonprofit, so we were, they were interviewing me about the, the charity event that we were having, and I saw myself on camera, and that was kind of like the first part, was the visual, the vanity part, like, oh, gross. Right. And, yeah. um, and everyone's had it. It's not necessarily the nicest thing to say, but everyone's looked at themselves and been like, that. how did I let it get to this point? Right. Um, and then that same charity, it, we shared a parking lot with, um, with a gas station that makes a lot of like custom ordered food and you know that again proximity I would just go over there and eat whatever I wanted and wash it down with soda every single day and then one day I just noticed how sweaty and out of breath I was just walking across that parking lot and and that was the moment that I really really remember vividly as like I got I really got to change something yeah um now that was that now looking through your Instagram? So your wife and you have three children. Is that right? Yes, uh, yes. a boy and two girls. No, oh, they're adorable, by the way. Thank um, you. so you were young when you had your first kid too. I was twenty two, I believe, twenty two or twenty three. So you were super young as well. Yes, for sure. Um, now you got married young and everything. I'm assuming as well. Yeah, we uh. yeah the whole the whole nine. So it was like, oh, oh, let's see if you know. <laughs> we didn't. It wasn't like, oh, we're pregnant. Let's get married because he mm-hmm. was actually he was actually there for our wedding. So like mm-hmm. we went we went through a like, are we sure we want to do this type of period? Yeah. Um, and I'm happy that we did because here we are, uh, a decade later, however long. Sorry, I should have remembered that better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two more kids. You know what I mean? Two beautiful yeah. girls to go with our son. So yeah, it's uh. Awesome. It worked out in the end, but it does sound kind of like a sad story in the beginning, but I, I, I honestly couldn't, couldn't be happier with where I'm at right now. That's awesome. So how old are you right now? Right now I am 28 years old. Okay. Um, so you and your wife both are keto or are you guys kind of doing your separate things? Um, she goes in and out of phases. She never yeah. eats terribly. Um, but she's way more of a standard, um, oh, there's chips at this Mexican restaurant. I'm going to have them. Uh, yeah. And she also do things like uh, baked potato with steak. So she fluctuates or stays like more in this weird paleo-ish area. And then she'll go through months and periods where she does keto um, with me. And 
but as a baseline, it's it's a mainly paleo diet with with some standard American treats sprinkled in. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you find that difficult at all? I mean, like, are you tempted, you know, by her choices or or anything like that? Um, I used to be. It used to be harder. I think it never like goes away. Anytime yeah. I see it, it's oh, that would be good because I my brain, my body still remembers. Um, but it just gets easier to tell yourself no. And yeah. and I've been doing this now for so long that it's like second nature. Just oh, I I don't eat that. You know, it's yeah. It's, just who I am. And, um, yeah. I, and it takes a while to build that habit. But, but yeah, if, if I didn't have, if she didn't start with me, cause you'll see in a lot of those pictures, um, on my Instagram, I share ones of her and me and we've both lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, she looks, she looks great too. Yeah. Thank you. She, um, she, she just did a lot herself, but she was doing it for me and with me. So now that she's at a place where she's comfortable, she's kind of doing her own thing and, and it doesn't bother me because, the thing that I'm doing in my head is important enough to me. And, you know, we're, we're good with this balance that we have struck now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And so, you know, when I first started, um, I mean, my husband and I both were very overweight. Um, you know, we, we got comfortable. It was that typical, like you get married, you have a kid, you yep, eat I all can the- stop <laughs> trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's normal. I feel like for most people to go through that and, and in a sense, you're like, why is this normal? Like, why do we feel as a society that like, once you find the person that you're going to spend your life with and have kids with, why do you feel like you have to give up and, um, get comfortable? And so, you know, for us, we, we got comfortable. I mean, he got up to like 309 pounds, I think. And, you know, I was 232 at my heaviest. And so we, I like to refer to that as like misery loves company. So we, we were happy being, you know, fat and happy together. And then, um, I just decided, I mean, I've struggled through a lot. You've probably heard my story, but, um, I was just, done being miserable and I I dieted for a full year um before he got really serious and then I did keto a full year before he did and um so you know I think and it was hard for me um to to see him eating the things that he was eating and um you know while I was cutting out all of the stuff that you know, he was still eating it and and it was tempting me, but you're right. It it does get easier. Just not really telling yourself like, no, I can't have that, but no, that's not what I want. No, that's not what's going to make me feel good. Um, and changing your perspective on it. Um, thankfully he's keto now though. And he's, he's seen the light and how he feels, (laughs) feels much better. But, um, it's funny how the, the most people, that I coach or deal with or, you know, have people message me and say, how do you have a family without them, you know, being keto as well? Or you don't know that struggle because your family's keto, but you know, there for a while I did it all on my own. And it's just, I think you have to find the motivation deep down and want it bad enough for yourself. Um, for, you know, for it to be not easy per se, but just to, to keep that motivation. The, um, the thing I always like to, to suggest to people and, and something that I almost subconsciously do is when you think about eating it or what you, the food choice you're going to make. And um, let's say you're going to have a burger. Do I get it with a bun or do I get it without? Um, I always think, run it through that process of like, well, what do, 
what is my ultimate goal? What do I want the most? And, and like I said earlier, for me, that goes back to my pursuit of jujitsu. So I look at it and like, will this help me or will this hurt me? If I have the bun and the bread, I'll likely experience some inflammation and I could be sore and that could slow me down and hurt me in training. It could cause additional injury. You know, you run it through this whole thing. And really, in the end, most of those choices don't come back as being beneficial. There are exceptions, holidays and, and big, big life moments. Or, um, and that kind of is different person to person. But but as a whole, it's just remembering what you want the most is is the best way to say no in those little moments. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I think that people think it's this huge like th- number one I think people think it's easier for some than others but in reality people like you and me who have been doing this for a long time it's still just the same struggle I mean like day to day meal to meal like you know I mean just this morning my son he's eating you know keto cake pops for Valentine's <laughs> Day and I'm sitting there smelling them and I'm like oh my gosh, it'd be so amazing to give in to the, one of these right now. Like I, I would love it right now, but you you literally have to consider how you feel, like the repercussions and all of that, even after being on a journey for so long. Like it's still a struggle for those of us who have done it, even, you know, for, for a long time. Yeah, it's a lot like a muscle. So when you first go to the gym and you start training a certain muscle, you you can't lift as much, you can't do as much. And then slowly over time, the same weight gets easier and you can increase the weight. And, and, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And and I think that's a lot of what it is, is that you just, you flex that muscle of discipline and, and knowing what's best for you in the long run. And then, like we said, it just, it just gets easier every time. Yeah. That's what I try to explain to my clients is like, you know, I know your cravings and stuff are terrible in the beginning. And I know that the temptation is there and it's hard to, you know, say no, but it's like the, the more times that you say no and, um, and prove to yourself that you can say no, the, the more you're going to feel you know, proud, you're going to be, you know, you're going to feel stronger. So I think it's just getting in that mindset that like the first couple of times are going to be the hardest, but then it, it does get a tad bit easier. It never gets easy, but it, it does get easier. So Absolutely. There's no, yeah, it's a spectrum again. It's like it, it's not, it's not as easy as some things, but it is way easier than it, yeah. than it ever used to be. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, as far as jujitsu, um, how long have you been doing that? Um, uh, almost 18 months at this point, maybe more like 14, 14 okay. months. I think. Yeah. Okay. So what, um, what kind of brought on the desire to do that? Was there just, I mean, just an interest? Have you always had an interest in it or? So, um, like I said, my parents were always really busy when I was a kid, but, but one way that my dad and I would would bond when he was available is that we both we would watch like John Claude Van Damme, Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris movies together. So I always kind of had an interest in that kind of martial arts spectrum. Uh, and I always kind of kept up with it. I liked boxing um, when the UFC when I when I discovered the UFC and like mixed martial arts, I got into that. Um, and then it just kind of logically progressed into now I want to do this myself. I was never able to, or in my brain, I was never able to. I do want to say that if you're considering trying a martial art or any kind of thing like that, like jujitsu, 
um, it's not necessarily as important to lose all the weight first and then reward yourself with it. I absolutely wish I would have started sooner. And the sooner you can start, if you're considering it, the better. Um, but I ultimately ended up waiting till I lost a lot of weight and I rewarded myself by picking a discipline, signing up and doing it um, based on everything I had seen and thought and learned. Jiu-Jitsu seemed like not only the most interesting, but the most useful. Uh, so I began training and I train about four to six times a week. Mm-hmm. Well, that is so cool. Um, now, when you, I guess you didn't really have the experience experience before you started keto um to then now like I was gonna ask if you noticed any difference in like your endurance or whatever you were doing before um to now being keto if if there was anything because you know most people who do like weightlifting before keto they notice like strength loss or whatever but do you notice any difference like with energy or anything with that so I, there's a couple things because I, I do – I think about this a lot, how my diet affects my training. Is there a better way to do it, that type of thing? Um, and no, I never I've, – I've been keto as long as I've been doing jujitsu, so it mm-hmm. hasn't – I haven't seen a contrast. But when I shifted from doing keto where I was getting you know, 30, 40 grams of carbs a day to doing a carnivore approach um, and I you know, take it down to maybe 5 grams of carbs a day, I mm-hmm. – Definitely still experienced a a loss initially in my explosiveness. Um, Mm -hmm. My endurance actually got better. I felt like my gas tank was was limitless, right? But I couldn't explode and really go into things as hard and fast as as I wanted to. Um, But then after about three weeks, I stuck it out because I, you know, when I went keto, I um, I definitely, you know, I was it's keto flu. Give yourself time to adapt. Um, and I had gotten used to, all right, this need, I need to do this for more than four days before I give up. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so after about three weeks, I think everything had kind of come back and I felt really good and really strong. And, and it's kind of just been on the, on the incline ever since. So I think that it, it actually works really well for training because one thing I've noticed, um, it's big in jujitsu, it's big in my gym and everybody that I talk to, but it's almost people talk about soreness, just like the gym with weightlifting. I'm sure like mm-hmm. soreness is like a, a prideful thing, how sore they are. That means they're training hard. And and it's like I said, I'm there four to six times a week. I compete somewhat regularly and um, and I give it like I've got 110 percent as much as I can. And I am never sore from all that inflammation. And it's hard for me to not say, well, there's one thing that I do different than you guys, which is the way that I eat. So maybe that has something to do with it. So I definitely attribute my diet to how good I feel physically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the endurance part of it is big. And then I think strength is going to come and go depending on what you do to kind of force it in one direction or the other. Yeah, I I can totally agree. And, um, you know, upping my protein these past couple weeks um, and like being more of a like meat animal product based I feel like my recovery has been insanely better in the gym um especially with you know being so low on calories um and doing what I'm doing not really having that fuel um or the extra you know 
macros and stuff to kind of uh, compensate for recovery. But I do feel like, um, you know, keeping the carbs super low and then focusing on like the quality of protein and then, you know, the quality of fats and stuff like that. I think that that has really helped with my recovery. Um, and I've not really been one who has focused so much on, you know, protein and stuff like that, but that's, that's awesome that you, um, that you don't really experience as much soreness as most of those people. Yeah. It's, they say it's like a badge of honor to just sort of <laughs> how, how sore you are. Guys that tape their fingers and tape their hands up and be like, well, I'm still here even though I hurt. And, mm-hmm. um, I would never recommend anyone train anything. If, if you're truly hurt, there's a difference between sore and hurt, but I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm rarely ever sore and I'm very, I feel very fortunate for that, but I also think that it's because I eat the way that I eat. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think that that, you know, I mean, people want to say, oh, I, you know, I'm so sore. I'm so this. And it's like, well, that's good, but, uh, you probably can't train for another two or three days and I'm ready to go tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With carnivore, it's more like if, if I used to do something, I used to train for two days in a row and then maybe feel like I need a rest where now I can go three, four, maybe even five all in a row and still feel fresh every time I'm training. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so when this is, I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a turn and hope that you're okay to talk about it. I see you sharing a lot about it and I think you and I've had a little bit of a conversation, but you know, when you go through such extreme weight loss and, um, and you know, you're weighing the pros and cons of, that a lot of people take into account how like the loose skin and like all of that, is it worth it to lose all the weight and have all the loose skin? And, um, you know, recently on your Instagram, you've been sharing more about that. And I commend you because it's not easy at all to share that side of us and to be transparent. But, um, you know, if someone was going through their weight loss journey and asked you if, the weight loss was worth the loose skin, what would you tell them? Right now, I would tell them absolutely. Um, but I've definitely gone through moments where I felt like I had worked so hard and it didn't look the way that it was supposed to look. Right. Um, but that's, you know, that's not true at all. It does look the way that it's supposed to look because it's a representation. I, I'll never be able necessarily to shake this thing that I did wrong in air quotes, but like, but being so unhealthy, this is just something that I now have to deal with and being healthy, but I've tried to view them. Um, and especially lately I've been doing a fantastic job. I just look at them. Like I have a tattoo, um, on my forearm of a kettlebell and inside in the inside of that, the weight for the kettlebell is, um, 151 kilograms, which translates to 333 pounds. Um, which was my heaviest weight. And I use that to commemorate kind of where I was, remind me that I don't want to go back to that. It took a lot of hard work. Um, so I have that visual marking. And to me, the the stretch marks and the loose skin, all of it is is just an extension of that same thing. It shows how hard I worked to get where I am. And I kind of, yeah, I view them, again, we go back to badge of honor, like pain mm-hmm. earlier. I I wear them almost proudly. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to... Um... You know, it's hard to accept that at first, I feel like. I mean, especially, like, when you, I don't know, when you expect to see it, you you almost don't, 
you expect more perfection after you've done the discipline of uh, losing the weight and being being so disciplined with your diet and exercising and all that stuff. You almost expect a better reward from your body, but in a sense, it's like you know you you view them as a a badge of honor, like you say, like you went through the struggle. Um, it's just like for women, I would say, who have had babies and have the stretch marks and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's a, a mark of what you went through and you should wear it proudly for sure. But I love the tattoo um, that you have. That That's really cool. A, a good symbolism for sure. Yeah, because kettlebells, we talked about training. That's been a big modality or big focus of mine pretty much from the beginning. Um, so it just meant something extra. And I figured that was a good way to figure out how to get a weight on my arm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, I, I went with it and, um, yeah, I, it, like I said, I look at it every day and it really does do exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, but like I said, the stretch marks, they, they also do that. And everybody's going to tell you, as I'm sure, you know, um, I guarantee when you post a picture, you get messages, about mm-hmm. like, oh, if you if you just fast or take this or try this or look up this <laughs> video. And it's like, I don't think you understood the point of me posting. I'm posting this because I'm proud of it and I'm cool with it. I'm not yeah. looking for recommendations on how to get rid of it. And um, so it just shows, uh, you know, it, it's all in your perspective. And you, again, as hard as it is, we talked about building healthy habits around food. Body image habits also have to be built. Um, and men are not... It, they, they don't get a free pass on body image. It's just the mm-hmm. things that they look at um, are different. Yeah, no, I agree. And for some reason, it's like, you know, I, I speak to just as many men as I do women about the weight loss and um, the loose skin and stuff like that. And it's like men aren't supposed to have bad body image or they're looked down upon if they have body dysmorphia or like they're not. And it's not even that. Like, I mean, we're all entitled to feel that way. And we all go through those um those challenges and those struggles and it's just as bad sometimes for men as it is for women I feel oh for sure I mean there's I've I've caught myself looking at my shoulders you know what I mean like in the mirror everybody Mm -hmm. everybody has these little things that that you look at and you kind of pick yourself apart and um and when you've been overweight it's it it's oddly hard to shake the feeling of being a fat person so you kind of you immediately gravitate there as soon as any bloating, water retention, one bad this or that that you ate and your brain immediately goes to, oh, I'm fat again. It's it crazy. really does. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, like or or say you um but because I don't know if you feel this same way, but like for me, overeating on keto, um, I it's different from when I used to overeat on carbs. So like if, you know, early on in my keto journey where I would do quote unquote cheat, which I hate that word, but like when I would go back to carbs, like I would feel so like miserable. I'd instantly feel tired. Like I would just feel so bloated and bad, but like overeating on keto, I don't, it's it's harder to do for me just because the food is so satiating. But, you know, when I do, like, if I've done that before, um, I instantly still, like, you know, grab at my stomach or um, feel like, 
I have that mentality that I had back when I was bigger, like, oh my gosh, I've, I've gained 10 pounds or, or whatever. And it's crazy how people think that that mentality goes away, you know, once you've lost the weight, but you still struggle with it for a long time, even, even now. I mean, like it, you know, I'm probably at this point, the leanest I've ever been, but you know, one day I don't drink too, drink enough water and I'm holding water or something like that. And I feel like I've gained 10 pounds or I see that in the mirror. Like it's, it's so hard to shake that. Yeah. I at like around Christmas time, like I said, I, I kept it keto, but I still had things like cheesecakes and keto cookies. And I had green beans, like I said, and, and just things that I wasn't used to having. And then when January came around, I looked at it and I kept I, I kept referring to it as the holiday thickness. And I was mm-hmm. being really hard on myself about it because I could see it, whether other people could or not, I could see it. And in my brain, it was like, oh, man, you're fat again after one week. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that's not the case. And you just you need to cut yourself more slack than that. You know what I mean? Look at where you are, what you've done. And, and like I said, there are other ways to find success other than just just your weight and uh, your body image, that type of thing. You can perform in the gym. You can do all sorts of things, but you can be hard on yourself everywhere. And I still have a hard time with the weight. Yeah, no, I I do too. Um, it's, I think it's just easy to fall back into that mindset of like, you know, you let yourself be a little bit looser and you let yourself enjoy, you know, yourself a little bit for the holidays or whatever. And then you, you, um, you know, have instant regret or, or whatever, but it's, hard to get out of that mentality. Um, but one thing I did want to ask you about, and I'm sure you're probably excited to talk about it. I I wanted to hear more. was about this whole keto quest thing that you are, um, helping with. So my understanding is you're kind of like a keto coach for keto quest. Yeah. So keto quest is, Something that thing that I, I set out to do, but but Jason Whitrock, uh, I'm, I'm sure that you, it's accountability. There's workouts, there's recipes, um, and there's features members can access. Um, is like my recipes that are created um, by Keto Chef Max. He's a, a friend of Jason's in Austin. And then we also have Dr. Barry, who just recently joined the team. Dr. Ken Barry, he does mm-hmm. weekly ca- weekly calls with us um, every Thursday night. Uh, we do live calls, and, and he's a part of those. And he's been a, a big addition as well. But then my, my job is mostly to help people through the things that you and I have talked about here, which is dealing with cravings, dealing with plateaus and, and stalls in your weight loss, dealing with cravings, um, how to work out, how they, how often to work out, just all sorts of things that, that, you know, come with, uh, with that relationship. Um, and that's kind of my small role in something that's, that's much, much larger. That is so cool. So you, so it's, it's free to sign up for, right? Yeah, it's free to sign up, and at that point, you get work the workouts, the recipes, um, the community, and then you'll get access to some of the calls. Uh, then we also have an, an all-access level, which gets you more in-depth personal coaching, which means that we'd establish, like you and I, for instance, would establish 
a more uh, connected personal relationship and then I could help you through uh, whether that be carnivore, things like fasting. And the nice thing about having so many coaches is that they all kind of have different strategies and ways of following it. Just like you and I do right now, the way that we help people and the way that we follow the diets um, mm -hmm. are different and you get kind of different perspectives based on what you're looking for, what approach you want to take. Uh, but yeah, there is a, there's an, an all access level that we call it and that'll get you, um, you know, every, uh, unlimited access essentially to Jason, myself, um, Dr. Barry on occasion and then, and all the other coaches unlimited as well. Well, that is so cool. I mean, it's, it's neat to have that, um, that kind of, um, you know, thing in the keto community, you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's coaches like me and, you know, Robert, uh, Sykes, Crystal, all of us that, uh, that, you know, we have our own ways of coaching as well, but you know, we, we are only, individual people. So to have that kind of community, um, developed is, is really neat for people who, you know, who need that help. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. I was excited when I saw that you, um, were doing that and I wanted to hear a little bit more about it. So, um, props to you for yeah. helping tons of people. That's awesome. Thank you. That is uh, essentially that's, that's the goal when I think about, cause the way I look at everything I'm doing, I want to be able to boil it down as simply as possible. And everything that I do with with Primal Bro and now with Keto Quest, it's it's all about informing people and inspiring people. Those are the two things that I want to do. So that's what I'm doing my best uh, to bring to people at Keto Quest. Now there's almost 10,000 members, um, and the biggest feature that we have is is an exclusive social network. So you can go in there and comment and get feedback again from Jason, myself, other coaches, um, and then the other people in the community as well. It's almost like uh, a Facebook-style timeline or, or social network, but it's all dedicated to keto, and we do progress pictures. We have a thing called Pie Chart Friday, uh, where whether you track regularly or not, you'll track every Friday, and you'll share it just to show people um, that, look, I'm doing it too, and kind of build that accountability and community around a, a singular goal of following keto to better your life. Well, that's awesome. It's yeah. it's so important to have such good support and especially from people like you and obviously Jason Whitrock and um, just p key people in the community um, and to see that, you know, like we've been through it. We know what you're going through and, you know, we were all beginners at one point. So um, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm excited uh, for that kind of tool in the keto community. So um but I have loved this conversation. I appreciate, again, you taking the time to chat with me. Um, and for those who want to follow you, um, where can people find you? Probably on Instagram. I'm at Primal Bro on Insta Instagram. That is probably where I am the most active. I have a YouTube channel that I have been slacking hard on, and that's also Primal Bro. Join there because I am going to be putting more videos out here soon. Um, and then obviously you can go to ketoquest.com. And even if you're not interested in paying for anything, join the community and see what other people are doing. And depending on where you're at in your journey, you'll either learn something or you can help someone else learn something. And honestly, probably both. Uh, so you can find me at ketoquest.com at Primal Bro on Instagram and Primal Bro on YouTube. Oh, 
perfect. Um, well, that is, you're not the only one slacking on uh, YouTube videos because I am <laughs> doing it as well. But I think you understand as a parent of three, I'm only a parent of one, but um, as a parent of three, <laughs> it's hard to find the time to to YouTube. So, um, but definitely check um, Ben out on Instagram and YouTube. And then also um, I'll link in the show notes about the keto quest as well. So awesome. Thank um, you so much for having yeah. me. I appreciate it. And like I said, I totally understand what like our schedules, it was going to be hard to, to sync them up being parents <laughs> at all. So like, I appreciate you making the time for me today. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll talk to you again soon. Yep.